Hello, everyone. It is Free Kayla, the host of the Big Kids Podcast, a podcast that encourages you to ask strangers in the grocery store really rude questions. We're here trying to figure out something about adulthood. Who knows what it is because we're all confused and our parents failed us. Hey, hey, hey. It's your host, Free Kayla, and welcome to the month of April. I say this because I haven't posted in the past two weeks. I greatly apologize, but today is Wednesday. It's one of the best days of the entire week, and I'm excited to jump into another episode. So if you guys have kind of listened to some of my past episodes, you probably know that I have this deep-rooted battle with like online financial gurus, and not all of them. A lot of people that give advice online are actually really great and reputable and have some sort of background and know exactly what they're talking about. And some of them are just absolute buffoons that want you to buy their courses and just want to put more money into their pockets while leaving you with virtually no information that you couldn't just Google in the first place. I am all for people hustling and making money and, you know, turning their time into profit. I'm a strong, strong believer in that. I love business. I, I love just making something out of nothing. I think that it's really amazing. But I think when you compartmentalize the difference between actually selling something valuable and selling something that you can easily access on the World Wide Web, that's where things get a little bit trickier. I find that there's a lot of people that just, they pretty much just want your money. Um, The information that they're giving you isn't reputable. It's not necessarily even trustworthy. And it could put you at a lot of risk. So... Today's episode isn't necessarily about financial gurus, but it's actually going to be about make money quick, making money quick, all the different things that people always say, like, you need to get into this if you want to make money right now. I'm talking about flipping real estate, drop shipping, starting up an online business, and what actually works in its essence. When I took a I like to call it a leave of absence, but really I just shallowly left my job and took employment insurance for a year. I ended up doing pretty much everything that you could possibly think of in order to make money quick because I just wanted to keep my head afloat. I wanted to still earn income and eventually my employment insurance did run out. I did my taxes on all these things, so don't report me for fraud, but Either way, I tried literally every single thing I can imagine that was suggested by financial gurus and online experts and just things that I found on Google. And I want to go through them all. I kind of went through some of them on my freelancing episode, but this one's a little bit different. I'm really going to break them down and give you my personal suggestions towards them and if they're even worth it in order to make money. So the first one, which was a fad that I honestly thought was kind of kind of going to wear down, which it slightly has, but is also still pretty big. I see a lot of people posting about it, is drop shipping. So I did try to kind of start a drop shipping business and I had suppliers ready. I was going to do like essential oils, etc. And it, it wasn't as standard as normal drop shipping. So if you don't know how drop shipping works, essentially you have a website that's running automatically. Somebody's going to make an order. A customer is going to make an order. Your store is going to automatically send this order to your drop shipping supplier, which is usually based out of China. Then your drop shipping supplier prepares your order. 
and then your drop shipping supplier is going to ship it directly to your customer. So the thing that's really enticing about this is that you get your own online shop. You're still making income. You're upselling everything for a higher percentage, but you don't actually have to deal with any of the inventory. So the idea of it is in its essence, really great. It seems like a really simple way to make money. And it's, it's, it almost gives itself the idea of passive income. Now, the issue with dropshipping is it became really, really saturated over the past four years. If you were to get into dropshipping anywhere from five to more years before that, there was a great potential that you could actually make money off of it because you were kind of hitting a niche that other people hadn't quite yet gotten their little hands on. But now dropshipping is extremely oversaturated and there's also a level of morality that comes into it that people are concerned over. They're concerned with the idea that, okay, if I can buy this off of you, why don't I just go directly to AliExpress and buy it for myself? So a lot of customers and clients have kind of picked up on the way that these companies work. And these companies still exist really strongly. Like you might have gotten some Instagram DMs of people being like, please share my product. And you go and look and it's jewelry and you can tell that it's just like cheap junky jewelry that they bought a few products off of AliExpress took a couple somewhat okay pictures and are now trying to sell it to you and get you to promote it. Dropshipping now doesn't work as well as it used to. I'm going to be really, really cutthroat with this and try to be as honest as possible. From my experience with trying to dropship, it was so oversaturated that there was no way to get, get ground without actually putting in a lot of effort. And I get what you're thinking. Like, of course there's effort. Of course there's going to be a need to work towards it. But if that was the case, then this episode wouldn't be making money fast. I'm not trying to make something that you know you're going to have to put work in seem like it's going to be easy. And a lot of these online gurus are like, start dropshipping. You're going to make $100,000 in a week. It's going to be crazy. You're going to have money coming out of your butthole. It's going to be insane. And the reality is it's not like that anymore. And it essentially never was. It's a lot of effort to get going. You need to contact these suppliers. Hopefully you're going to get samples of these things so that you can see if they're actually worth sending to customers. You're going to need to work on getting your ratings up. You're going to need to build your social media platform so that you actually get customers. It's not as simple as putting things on a website and people coming and being like, yes, I want that. Because there's a thousand other people. There's thousands of other people doing the exact same thing with really similar products. So unless you find a really specific niche and you start drop shipping that specific niche and you get a good customer base, it's most not it's most likely not going to take off really quickly. Then there also comes this idea of morality that people are starting to kind of pick up from drop shipping. A lot of people suggest that drop shipping is wrong. Like you're almost taking advantage of your customers and you're taking advantage of the people making these actual products. The reality is, is that most big box stores are drop shippers to their core. Like Walmart is just buying things outsourced from factories and reselling them to people. So if you struggle with that morality, you cannot hold individuals accountable while entirely ignoring the big stores that you're buying from that are doing the exact same thing, but creating a much, much larger economic impact. So is dropshipping worth it? For me personally, it wasn't. If you have a product that you're really passionate about and you actually want to run an online store and put in the effort to build up a client base, then 
Yes, for you, it could be worth it. But for me personally, it wasn't worth the time and the effort. There was no significant outcomes that actually came from it. So the total amount of money that I made off of drop shipping was negative $160 for my domain name, as well as my hosting website and Shopify. So it was a loss. The second one that I want to touch down on that's kind of gotten bigger over the past couple months I've noticed is audiobooks. Now I've talked about this a couple times as well, but I was a frequent audiobook narrator. I, it was kind of something that was actually quite enjoyable. If you like reading and you like speaking out loud and you're able to read quickly and hit deadlines really fast, then I would actually suggest audiobooks. Now, here's a few of the struggles I had, as well as a few of the things that I didn't really expect out of it. A lot of these gurus are like, it's going to make you money so quick. All you have to do is read. But they're also leaving out the fact that you need to edit all of the voice clips that you do. You need to send it all in in a very specific format at a very specific pitch. If you go over that pitch or under that pitch, there's the potential that that audio is going to be sent back to you and you will need to redo the entire thing. They're also also taking out of account the fact that sometimes you need to read something 10 times over before you get it. So just because a book takes three hours means that it could take 10 hours. So the way that audiobooks works is usually people will pay you in hourly, but the hourly is the completed hours of the audio. So it can be a lot of money, but it can also be extremely time consuming. I would do a audiobook piece for a very specific, I had one specific client that wanted me to do lots of short ones. So these short ones really varied. And on average, I was getting paid about $120 per finished hour. When I cut it all down to the hours that I actually put into it, it was about $50 an hour, which was still an extreme amount. So when I was working for this client, it, it went really well. I made a lot of money off of it. Later on, I decided that I wanted to branch out and I didn't want to do contracts with very specific people for a long time. So I moved on to Amazon's um, audiobook website, ACX, and I started working from there. Now, ACX kind of changed the game for me and was the end reason that I quit doing it. Like my other clients that I had worked with, I it works that you get a contract, you do the audiobook, and you send it in. And right off the bat, ACX will usually approve the audio and say it's perfect, it hit the pitch, you had nothing out of the ordinary. Then I started noticing after doing a few audiobooks that were worth sometimes $500 to $600, maybe six months would pass and ACX would come back to me and say, hey, it actually isn't approved. The audio doesn't match up. And by this point, when you're going six months into the future, you've probably already spent that money or done something for it. So I would keep sending the audio back. Then a few months later, they'd come back and say, no, it's not approved anymore after giving it approval. And then my clients became frustrated, warranted. They were the ones paying for it. And they would be like, okay, well, we need to figure something out with this. And it came to the point where I ended up paying back every single person that I had done an audiobook for on ACX because I couldn't trust that the audio was going to go through. So it ended up being about $1,500 that I had to pay back in one sitting, which was very extreme. But overall, through audiobooks, I made a total of 
actually one second, let me grab my invoices so that I can count them up and be entirely honest. Okay, so I did audiobooks for about four months and I made about $6,534.28. So overall, it was a, that's a fair chunk of money. It's, it's an okay amount of money. It's about average to not much higher than a minimum wage job here. So I would give it a yes if it's something you're passionate about. I would give it a yes if you really like reading out loud, you really enjoy reading, um, you have a good mic setup, because that's another thing. You do have to invest the money into a good mic, a good audio engineering platform. And then you also need to pay like the third parties like Upwork and Fiverr and et cetera to host your advertising. So I would give it like a six out of 10, maybe. It's okay money. It's nothing extravagant, but it works. The third one I want to touch down on that I did for a really long time during that period was flipping things. So I would go to the thrift store. I would find something that was worth quite a bit of money. Usually it was fashion items. I I have just an eye for that. So I was finding authentic Louis Vuitton purses inside of their original carrying cases. I would spend about 150 bucks on a purse and then I would resell it for about 500. So it was good money really quickly, but sometimes it was hard to find really great things. I was doing all of this get money fast stuff before the pandemic hit, and I wanted to continue flipping things. After the pandemic hit, a lot of people weren't giving up their luxury items as commonly. It was a lot harder to find those things. And then another issue of morality came into place. So For flipping things, it was a lot of money. I do not have any record of how much money it was because most things were in cash and done on the Facebook marketplace. It was a fair bit though, and it was really fast. So this is something that I wouldn't really suggest to somebody to do full time because sometimes you're just going to miss. You're not going to hit all the good stuff. The second thing is the morality issue that came to play and people were bringing up more and more is that as people, these drop or these um, flippers come in and start buying things to sell on their Depops and whatever, these thrift stores and these big box salvage centers had started noticing them coming in and buying things out so quickly and they started upping the price of everything, which I think this morality issue is more on the corporations that were causing this. Like I know I saw it more in Value Village. Their prices are just absolutely extraneous for something that's not actually technically nonprofit. I don't think this morality issue really goes over too much into the people that are just trying to make money off of it. So for flipping things, I'd actually give it like a seven out of 10. It was okay money. It was really quick, but it wasn't something that you could do forever. And it was affected by the pandemic which kind of wasn't something I was expecting. I was continuing to do it into 2020, but after seeing how much the price of things had gone up and how people weren't giving up good items as easily, it became really, really tricky and it wasn't as fun and you didn't find as many really great things that were actually worth something. There wasn't as much treasure, I guess, in the ocean anymore. The last thing that I want to touch down on is affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing can go a few ways. There's the affiliate marketing that is like multi-level marketing and they like to say, no, 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 this is network marketing. And sometimes they like to throw in affiliate marketing. 
I have never done that and I never will. You guys know my stance on MLMs. I cannot stand them and I despise them. So essentially the way that affiliate marketing works is you add affiliate links to your website, um, to like your Instagram, to whatever you use, and it brings traffic to somebody else who's like paying you per click. It can vary on how it works. There's quite a few different types, but the types that I did was like, I got my own personalized link. I would put it on my website and on my social media. And then when people click through to it, I would get some sort of pay. I did affiliate marketing in a really specific type of way to try to make it passive. So I actually built a website that was for like, I don't even know how you would necessarily explain it. It was for like tickets, tickets to airplanes and Airbnbs and et cetera. And it was just a bunch of different boxes that you could click to price compare flights. You could price compare hotels. And then when you click through to book that hotel, it would go to an entirely different website and then I would get an affiliate click from it and I would get affiliate pay from someone booking in. This is another one that you have to work really hard at right off the get-go and a lot of people do say that it brings in great income and this market isn't outrageously oversaturated because some of it's a lot more complicated to figure out. Like you need some type of background in web design and if you don't have a background in web design, you're going to have to pay somebody for it. You have to pay for hosting on your website and then you still need to build traffic. So you need to have some type of following. You need to have some type of niche and people need to actually be going to your website to even get any money. Affiliate marketing can be really great if you already have some ground to stand on. And it's something that I don't suggest to people to shy away from. I think it's something really great if you know that you're going to be able to get clicks. If you go onto Fiverr, actually... You can look up affiliate websites and there will be pre-made ones that you can buy off of different creators and it's already set up for you. And all they get you to do is just sign up with the affiliate website so that you can actually get pay. I did not make a lot of money off of this. I think I made maybe like 150 bucks and I let my website run for about a year. So it really wasn't a lot. I guess if you made 150 extra bucks a year, it's not the worst thing because it is passive. You don't really have to touch it or deal with it, but it's not a get get rich quick. It's not a make money quick. You need to pay the bills, get some food on your plate kind of thing. I would highly not suggest it. Now, the only thing that I think actually really works to make money really quickly Firstly, purging your stuff and selling anything that's worth something. This is like the time, like tale as old as time, pawning your stuff. It's really hard when you're attached to your things, but I usually purge my stuff like once a year and sell everything that I don't need anymore and walk out with like a couple hundred bucks. That's one of the best things you can do to make money fast. The second thing, and be safe about this, especially if you are somebody who is at risk, like a woman or a person of color, be a little bit more careful with this one, but just posting an ad on your local Facebook community group and saying like, I'll do yard work. I'll wash your windows. I'll do whatever. Just know that I'm not going to do the best job, but I'll do it for cheap. That's another way to make money really quickly. I want you guys to be safe when doing things and when making money and being really watchful the situations that you put yourself in. But I also want you to be aware that times are tough and it's okay 
to try to make money really quickly. There's nothing scummy about it. There's nothing bottom of the barrel. If you're out of a job right now, it's okay to look at alternative things, but it's also good to be educated on whether they're going to work or not. A lot of these financial gurus and these make money quick guys are, they're just feeding off of people that are vulnerable right now. And if you're without a job throughout this pandemic and you're in a tough spot, you are vulnerable and you just need to be really watchful and just really receptive to the people that are trying to target you and make money off of you in this time. And anyways, make money good, make money quick and do your best that you can. Thank you for listening and I will see you next Wednesday on the Big Kids Podcast.